Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 161 of Sack Kings Therapy. The Kings got a win! Holy shit. I, I honestly didn't see this coming, but they actually win this game. They win uh, against the Brooklyn Nets 112-101. to They break their seven-game losing streak in Golden 1 Center. Um... Yeah, so where to start? Well, first of all, let, let's start here. Uh, just me today. Bong was not able to watch this game. He should be back, um, to, well, it will be tomorrow when we record, but um, yeah, he'll be back for the Golden State section, probably. And uh, yeah, um, you know, just me today. And uh, let, let's start here. Fox uh, did not play this game. The, he talk, actually talked about um, his ankle injury and that he had an MRI and there's no structural damage, but he's not feeling comfortable enough to play. And James Ham and uh, Sean Cunningham, they interviewed him today and they basically predicted that he wasn't going to play because the way he was sounding, he just didn't sound that confident in just his ankle. So we just got to continue monitoring that situation. There is a lot of weirdness with this because, you know, the Kings have cleared him to play, but he just just for whatever reason just doesn't feel right and you know the, like the you know the uh, medical staff can get this you know they can't get it wrong like it has it does happen in the past you know famously uh you know like the spurs um clear Kawhi leonard to play but he just wouldn't play because he didn't feel right maybe like you know maybe it's going to be a second opinion at some point or maybe something's going to come out later on or you know if you really want to get into it like you know maybe he's just waiting on a trade like it's all possible but right the the thing is right now he's not playing and i was kind of sad he wasn't playing this game because you know it's, it's, it's nice to see him just it would be nice to see him back but anyways let, let's get to the game so how did the kings actually manage to pull off this game it was defense and specifically one player played extended minutes i actually even ran through his game log this is the most minutes he's played he played 34 minutes today and it was mo harkless now, me and Fong, well, I started it. I don't, and Fong agreed that, you know, Mo Harkless should be getting more minutes. Like, the Kings defense is in complete shambles, and, like, you could just use a guy like Harkless out there to kind of stabilize things a little bit, make things a little bit more manageable on that end. And, like, with guys like Buddy Heel not doing, like, you know, struggling on offense, like, you can, you can sacrifice some spacing. Like, you know, the spacing thing, I get it to a certain degree, but at the same time, like to play Buddy just through all of this, like always seemed questionable to me. And you know, you could stick in Mo Harkless in that in that position, and you could get some defense back. Well, I don't know if that will be the case in the long term, but for this game, like Mo Harkless played extended minutes, and the defense improved. Now it wasn't pretty, like it wasn't perfect for like you know pretty much the entire game, but there was a noticeable increase in deflections and stops, and you know it just felt like guys were in position a lot more often. Now part of that could be the Nets' offense, and Nets' offense was eh for a lot of the game, so that that's part of it. But like I felt you could you could feel Mo Harkless's like you know presence out there, like he got so many deflections that you know may or like may or may not have led to steals. Like, he only ended up with, you know, one steal and two blocks. It felt like he was way, he had, you know, he did way more out there. I felt like he had, like, four blocks and three steals or, like, you know, the vice versa. Like, he felt impactful out there. 
And then on and then like to add to that, like Davion was really good on defense tonight. Now of course he is just a little bit too small sometimes, and sometimes guys are just gonna be a shoot over him. But like he held his own against Kyrie and Harden and Mo Harkless, the savvy defender, just really good at forcing like Harden and Kyrie into the help and not letting them get to their spots easily. And yeah, you just have to give credit to Mo for tonight for being the leader on the defensive side of the floor. And, you know, it, it, bas- it basically won them the game, I felt. Um, it looked like the... So, like, let's get to the actual game. Um, so, it looked like the Nets uh, were going to run away with it, like, in the second quarter. And because, like, I think they went up, uh, like, 10, like, late in the first. And then, like, they basically hovered around, like, double digits, I think, for much of the, much of the quarter. But the Kings just kind of kept hanging around. They would put together little runs. Now, I mentioned that, you know, there were a lot of deflections, a lot of, like, steals. And, like, that kind of kept the Kings kind of in the game for, for you know, extended. For basically up until the end of the third where they re- got really close and then ultimately took took uh, control in the fourth and never looked back. But, like, they, it looked like the Nets were going to run away with it. But, yeah, I get, they just kind of kept hanging around, kept making plays. They would make, like, these tiny little scoring runs, you know, anchored by their defense. And they, and ultimately, like, they um, go into the fourth, like, trailing by three. And, you know, they opened the quarter strong, the fourth quarter strong, I mean. And they took, took the lead and never looked back. I think, I, just, I feel like I just completely repeated myself. Yeah, I just, I, I'm, this is the trouble with reading through my notes. I, I tend to add a little bit a lot, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of an adjustment to just go through my script, because there's like stuff I don't write, so anyways, uh, bear with me here. Um, the Nets also, I felt, had a hand in like really kind of blowing this game, because like, again, they led for like 10, like, you know, well, like 10 for much of the game. And one of the reasons why they kind of blew the lead and the Kings were able to get back into it, they ran some stagnant offense, like especially down the stretch. It was a lot of Kyrie isos, it was a lot of Harden isos, and neither one of them shot well. Now, like Kyrie felt like he shot a lot better. He ended up shooting five for 15, which actually surprised me. Harden was not good, like in, in terms of shooting the ball. He still had 12 assists. And I mentioned that like Mo was really good at forcing him to the help. Well, you know, Harden was really good, and even Kyrie was really good at hitting the roll man, um, you know, which usually ended up being Nick Claxton, and he basically dominated the Kings because of Harden, because of the gravity that Harden and uh, Kyrie had. But, you know, ultimately, like, the Kings kind of slowly adjusted to it and kind of shut that shut that thing down in the fourth. Like, Davion was all over both of them. Mo Harkless was all over both of them. And it really did bother them. And, like, they started just jacking threes. It looked like the bad version of, like, the Kings offense. And, yeah, they, you know, normally, like, I would say, you know what? You, you don't ever want to give, like, these kind of shots to Harden and Kyrie. Like, Kyrie's an absolute killer. Harden is known for a step back. But this game, it just didn't go down. And, you know, like, running that stagnant iso ball way too much, like, that cost them the game, basically. And the Kings, on the other hand, like, they ran their, they ran their kind of stagnant, um, you know, hero ball to kind of end the game, too. But, like, you know, they spread the floor really well. And, like, they, you know, Tyrese and Davion, they made enough shots down the stretch. And that kind of was the difference. And also, like, they actually moved the ball pretty well for, for certain possessions, like, you know, it wasn't complete like hero ball like what the Nets were running, and you know that that was encouraging to see. And 
you know, like, you know, a win is always a win, but they're like, you know, let, let's talk about some of the, it's one of the negatives that I felt from this game. The guards for the Kings were really not good at hitting the roll, man, I felt. Like, I, I just tweeted James Ham about it, and, you know, he said, like, you know, the, the Nets were, like, always sending help from the weak side, so, like, the, the uh, roll man was technically not open. Like, if there was one point where Rashad shot a frustration, what felt like a frustration three, because he doesn't shoot threes that often, and it was, like, early in the clock. And, like, what happened was that he constantly had mismatches down low, but the guards just wouldn't, like, look down there. Or, like, they just couldn't get the pass down there. And ultimately, like, you know, even, like, on, like, the roll, like, they were open. If you just if you just throw a decent pass, like, Rashawn and Jones could have caught it for a lob and, you, and the Nets would have to foul or... You know, or they would, or they would get an open dunk each time, but they just didn't do that. And even Tyrese, like, it just felt like he almost looked off, um, you know, Rashawn and Jones a few times. Like, granted, like, I'm not on the court. I couldn't tell, like, if it was, like, a tough angle for them to feed, but, like, I just felt like they did not do a good job of, like, feeding their big man. But, you know, like, going down the stretch, they did just well enough to kind of get, to kind of get along. And, of course, like, getting enough stops. And, you know, scoring just well enough to kind of win this game going away. The Kings uh, really did a good job. Again, locking locking down on the defensive end uh, late. And, yeah, they snapped their seven-game losing streak. Um, yeah, I wouldn't... Honestly, I would not have picked them to win this game because, like, I picked them to win, like, the Celtics game. I picked them to win the Knicks game. And maybe even, like, I think I... I don't, I don't remember if I picked them to win the Hawks game. But, like, I felt like those games were, like, winnable. And they completely, like shit the bet for those two games and you know like I, coming in like the Brooklyn Nets are not a good defense like they're they're a top heavy team and they're losing their absolute tip of the spear in Kevin Durant and you know Harden's been struggling this year Kyrie's a killer but like you know there's only so much he can do so like I felt like this could have been a winnable game but you know with the Kings you never know but uh, hey, you know what? They break their losing streak and they head on to San Francisco tomorrow to face the Warriors on their back-to-back. Uh, yeah, I'm chalking that up as a loss. <laughs> like, you know, this this was a good moment, but I'm not going to let my optimism kind of blind me to what is probably clearly a superior team. Oh, but granted, like, it, without Draymond, like, their defense is a bit in shambles. And I don't know the status of uh, Gary Payton II. I, I saw he got injured, but he's not on the injury report, so he probably is going to play. Um, Like, they've been struggling. Like, they played against the Rockets. And granted, they won that game because Steph went nuclear. But they kind of needed Steph to go nuclear to win that game. Um, Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, uh... Yeah, now let's go over just some of the individual players. Uh, Barnes, he found a scoring game tonight, finishing with 19 points on six of uh, nine shooting with three threes, and including a really nasty step back three that gave the Kings a little bit of momentum, like to end the full, to end the third. Um, he was a really good steadying presence uh, for the for the Kings. Like I, I kind of refrain to call, refrain from calling him Mr. Reliable because he's not always reliable. But, like, he's always a steadying presence. Like, he's one... He's Without Fox, he's the only guy that, you know, consistently draws free throws. And the Kings kind of needed that, like, in the second and sometimes in the third just to kind of, you know, steady the ship a little bit. And, you know, he did just that. He didn't play a lot of minutes because Mo Harkless was playing so well, but he really provided, like, that, again, that foundation um, for the Kings to be able to actually take this game later on. 
Um, Mo Harkless is my player of the game. Just his defense, I felt, was infectious. And, like, he provides a level of toughness out there. And, yeah, just a level of savviness. And, you know, I felt that he, he I felt like the defense was just overall better with him just playing more minutes. We'll see if this can sustain. We'll see if Alvin is even going to play him this many minutes again. But, hey, I really, I really liked his game tonight. Even though, like, he didn't have a great scoring game. Like, any kind of scoring. It's like the same thing with Davion. Like, any kind of scoring is an extra bonus. And, like, the defense is just so, so, you know, so noticeable that, you know, you can't deny, like, you, he probably should get more minutes. And, yeah, I never really got why he got DMPs. You know, I know spacing is a thing, and I know why that's but that's why Buddy's out there. But at a certain point, like, you know, sometimes, de sometimes defense matters, especially in the regular season. And, you know, you... You know, like, to sometimes mix it up to get a different look. And in this game, they did, and it worked. So, yeah, Mo Harkless, my player of the game for just his incredible defensive presence. Uh, Holmes had a very weird game. I, I mentioned that the guards were not good at feeding him the ball um, down low when he had mismatches and when he was open on the roll. And, like, you know, in the I think in, like, the middle of the third, it felt like he just took a frustration three. <laughs> I don't know if it was just like one of those things where you want to try something out, but it was weird and like it was early in the shot clock. And honestly, I could feel his frustration to a certain degree. Um, just I just thought the Kings could have done better, you know, just feeding him the ball. But hey, um, you know, like they win the game. So like, what am I to complain? Um, and again, like it is a real thing. Like they did. They always did send a guy there. But again, I felt just a well-placed pass could have just easily led to a lob. And, you know, you had the foul or he gets the dunk but hey, I, I don't know I don't know what I'm talking about I guess so but that's what that was just the thing I noticed and like you know Holmes like he's had weird games where he just doesn't play a lot like is this conditioning still a problem like let me look at his game logs real quick see if uh see if he's played so he played 21 minutes tonight let me check it out uh so he played 20 yeah I played 21 tonight he played 31 like during Philadelphia well, Damian Jones did have it going, so maybe that was why. But, like, you know, like, he seems to have a weirdly short leash. Anyways, uh, let's get to Davion and Halliburton. They're the designated, like, you know, playmakers for the team now because, like, Fox is out. Like, you, Davion has to step up. Halliburton's, you know, just he has to be that guy because no one else is really going to do it on this team. Like, Harrison isn't really a playmaker. He's more of a scorer, if anything. But, yeah, they, they did – they did – they – just did their job this game like Halliburton didn't shoot well at all I think he was 5 for 15 which was surprising but he ended up uh, having 12 points and 11 assists and like yeah he was great with the playmaking Davion was like really good with the scoring and did his own like fair shit well, he didn't have that many assists this game but he he did his he did his job like you know just creating shots and just you know playing his role and playing terrific defense on Kyrie and Hart like there, I hope there are highlights of just how how well he can guard like these top tier like perimeter players, and he will be like an absolute menace going forward. And uh, yeah, the only the, again the only thing I have like bad to say about them this game was that you know they didn't hit Jones or or Holmes like down low um and or on the roll much of this game probably leading to a little bit of frustration on their end. And uh, yeah, they I imagine they're gonna look at the tape and just find and just probably do more of that next game hopefully um metu just always an adventure like he shot three for ten this game 
The fact that he shot 10 shots is always just a bit questionable. I'm pretty sure the coaching staff tells him that he's got to shoot and keep the defense honest. But like, yeah, he's just, he's just not a good shooter. And like, yeah, th these past few games since he's gotten back, he's gotten stripped a lot going to the basket. But he made enough shots like, you know, um, for he made enough big shots to kind of keep the Kings in the game. And he had a really big and one uh, late in the game that basically put it away. Like, I'll, like again, I'll, I'll harp on in, like, his efficiency and the fact that he takes so many shots, but I cannot deny his energy and, like, just how, how like, hard he rebounds. He ended up with a 11 of 11 this game, or 11 and 12 this game. Like, the, the guy plays with energy, the guy plays with heart, and, you know, like, it, it is fun to watch him. I just wish he wouldn't take that many shots, but, you know, the Kings don't have that many options, really. But, you know, he made enough shots this game, so, and he was big this game, so... Who might have complained, right? Um, yep, Jones was terrific. Took a while for him to get going, but like he was he was the closing big this game, and like he did a good job on defense. Um, like he got a few really nice blocks, and uh, yeah, on on the offensive end, you know, got a few big rebounds and just you know finished up plays. Like you know, he he himself is another ball of energy, and like there was a kind of a funny moment towards the end where like him and Metu were fighting each other for the rebound, basically. It's always better to see guys have too much energy than no energy at all. I'll just say that. Um, Buddy healed. He was all right. Like he, he was. He's actually had his. That was. This was probably his best game in about a in about what seven games. Like he didn't shoot great, seven for sixteen overall, but did but did attack the basket enough. Like and you know, I'll just say this. He he made he made enough plays. Um, he did have a few turnovers that were, oh my god, that made me want to like claw my eyes out. But like there were, there was one very notable play where basically the shot clock's winding down. I thought he was going to jack a three on Nick Claxton, who's a long and quick athlete. But instead he blows right by him for a crucial layup, uh, like early in the fourth. So, you know, he didn't four shots. He attacked the basket and, you know, he made enough plays. He had a few transition threes. And when he's hitting threes, hitting open threes, He's he's passable out there, and you know he wasn't that bad on defense either. He was okay. He was okay on that end. So like, good good game from Buddy. Um, definitely the best one he's had in what over seven games at this point. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's uh, let's talk about the Nets for a little bit before we before the commercial break. Um. So Nick Claxton, I mentioned, just destroyed the Kings. Ended up getting his career high of twenty three points uh, to go with eleven rebounds. Like, you know, even though, like, Harden didn't shoot well at all, like, he was great at setting up, like, Nick Claxton, who just took advantage. And all he did was just literally roll to the rim and, like, cleaned up misses. Like, that's all he did, and he got 23 points out of it. He does his job, he plays with good energy, and yeah, like, you know, he's just the perfect finisher for, like, Kyrie and, uh... Kyrie and Harden who just draw so much attention like it's going to leave a guy like him open and yeah it, you know like the Kings pick and roll defense is a, it's definitely a mess it just they just always it always seems like you know guys like Clint Capella always kind of have a huge advantage over the Kings and just always have good games against them and uh yeah Nick Claxton kind of fits that mold let me take a quick drink of water um Quick shout out to former King James Johnson. Was kind of just a perfect kind of a glue guy for the for the uh, Nets. Just 
kind of filled in like the gaps for whatever the, whatever the Nets needed from him. Just like you know, if they needed him to attack like the basket, he did that. Did he make any threes? Let me check. Yeah, he made one three. Like he, you know, you know, he, if like if he's left wide open, he'll shoot the three. And like he basically just did just did his job. Like just played within himself. Didn't try to do too much. And when called upon, made plays. Like he very much could have been the king's killer this game. Like it was either between him or Nick Claxton because Claxton didn't do much down the stretch. But, like, James Johnson was noticeable down the stretch. Had, you know, Kyrie and uh, Harden played a little better. Like, he, his impact would have been felt even more. Like, he's a perfect fill-in, kind of fill-in, kind of fill-in-the-gaps type of player is what I like to uh, call him. Um, yeah. Patty Mills, deadly. I, mean, I thought he shot a lot better. He shot 5 for 12, but 4 for 8 from 3. He was absolutely lethal. And this is the only thing I will say about, like, Mo Harkless' defense. He does help too much a lot of the time. And, like, the Kings, like, the, the, the defense, the collective defensive IQ, like, it needs to improve because, like, they just can't, like, even when you're trying to run, like, your defensive scheme of, like, tagging the roll man and packing the paint, there's got to be certain guys you just don't help off of. And Patty Mills is one of those guys. You cannot help off of him. He's an absolute, like, deadly sharpshooter and, like, you can't ever leave him open. He's, he's basically a budget uh, Steph Curry at this point. You know, just knows how to move off the ball, knows how to get open. And just, yeah, you can't ever leave him open. Don't give him just easy spot-up threes if you can help it. But the Kings don't have that defensive IQ even with Mo out there. And, uh, yeah, he kind of went off for a little bit. But I thought I did think he shot better than he actually did. But, yeah. Um... Kyrie didn't shoot well, but it, it felt like he shot a lot better than 5 for 15. Because, like, he had some really, like, nasty plays. Like, he had a really good run. I think he went on a personal, like, 6-0 run, like, oh, at the end of the first to give the give the Nets a little bit of separation. And But, yeah, for the rest of the game, he kind of forced up a lot of shots now that, now that like, I think about it. And Davion just did a great job on him. Like, Davion just frustrated him, just slid his feet. Like, he tried to cross Davion and just couldn't get any separation. And, like, yeah, it was he just made it. He made it hard on him. And, yeah, credit to Davion, credit to Mo. Like, Mo like, can't really keep him in front, but does a good job of just forcing him into the help, into the help defenders. And, uh, yeah, I thought he had a better game, but apparently he did. Um, it was a plus three, though. Well, that's interesting. Um, Harden shot terrible, two for eleven, um, over five from three. I don't, I don't want to say he's done, but like, oh man, like he's he's definitely taking a step back to say the least. Like his step back three isn't really there anymore, and like he doesn't seem to have the will to go to the basket as much. Like he had some, he had some nice plays, but and again, like a lot of it was just like the Kings kind of blitzing him and forcing him to, uh, to give up the ball, but like. He still, he still doesn't move off the ball. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just kind of who he is. But like, yeah, he just, he just, just didn't really feel him out there this game at all, really. Um, but yeah, you know, gotta give, gotta give credit to him. Like, twelve assists, eight rebounds. Did have six turnovers though. Even you get not a great game from him. But you know, so some, sometimes you're just gonna have these, have these kinds of games. And uh, and after all, it is a second night of a back to back. I don't know if it mentioned mentioned uh, um they just played phoenix like last night so maybe they just ran out of gas but yeah the way hard has been playing oh man like you thought this nets team was a super team and granted with kevin durant returning they just they just might be but 
like they might not be as invincible as, as I originally thought. And granted, they probably should have won the championship last year if everyone was healthy, but that was last year. Like so, and things aren't looking great for them, especially if KD can't come back healthy and like you know Harden doesn't turn it back up. Um, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, and also good, you know, all the credit in the world for Mo for doing a great job of defending him and Davion doing his thing on Harden as well. Like, kind of like it kind of discouraged him from driving. <laughs> like, you know, like Davion is going to be an absolute menace for years to come. Um, one just quick, quick thought on Cam Thomas. Like, I've heard some stuff about Cam Thomas. Like, he's a he's a he's a scorer, and it was like really unfair that the Nets got him. And I see why he uh, he gets them up. <laughs> he's a he's a bucket getter, and you know he's probably he's gonna it's gonna take him a little bit to kind of figure out like the NBA game. But like he's kind of like a better version of Jalen Green now. I think Jalen Green will end up being better than him. But like he kind of does the same things that well, like he takes a lot of mid range shots. He didn't really get to the bucket if I remember right. But like this guy takes like some crazy ass mid range shots and. Once he kind of figures out, like, what a bad shot and what a good shot is, like, he could be really good. Like, maybe a Jamal Crawford type, or, like, possibly, you know, the goal, kind of the goal, the golden shot would be, like, Lou Will. Lou Will is, like, the perfect kind of six-man. But, like, he's got some, like, kind of Jamal Crawford in him. Granted, like, not the flashy handle, but, like, the score. The scores, like, kind of moves and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued on what he's going to become. Okay. That's all I have for this game, and uh, after the commercial break, you'll hear me and probably Fall talk about the end of the, uh, or top basically coming coming to you after the uh, Warriors game. Hopefully, maybe is another win. But as it stands right now, great win, good win for the Kings. They snapped their seven-game losing streak, and uh, yeah, let's see if they can build anything off of it. I guess. Okay, all right. So let's talk about the uh, Warriors game. Uh, Kings lose. Uh, what is the score? I just had it up. God damn it! It was a one twenty six one fourteen. Basically, a lot short version of it. They basically got demolished from the three point line. Twenty uh, threes for the Warriors. Uh, Clay Thompson had six threes in the first half. The most he's ever made in the first, or the most he's made since he's come back, and uh, it, it's fitting that, of course, it came against the Kings, who are not good at defending the three-pointer. I should have introduced uh, Fong. I, I for some reason thought that I did in the previous, uh, before the commercial break, the one I record, the file that I recorded two days ago. But I'm going to introduce him right now because he is here. Hello. Yeah, so three-pointers, three-pointers, three-pointers. Kings are not good at guarding the three-pointers. Yeah, and also somewhat in the paint, in a way. I mean, they kept on getting steals at a lot of parts and getting those fast breaks, especially, oh, man, Kaminga. <laughs> there was, like, I, don't, I can't even count how many dunks he had in a row. Uh, Kaminga, you mean? Yeah, did I say? Didn't I say Kaminga? You said something else. I don't. I don't think you said Kaminga. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see <laughs> what I said. Well, anyways, like the I talked about the three pointers. Kings actually amazing enough. Actually weathered the storm on them. Like they actually weathered the storm and actually hung around the game. I mean, granted, like how you want to look at it, like they were hovering around like 
13, well, around like 14, 16, like for much of the game. They kind of, and like, it looked like they were poised to make a run. So they went to the storm. They cut the lead to uh, seven in the fourth quarter. But in, but in, during that um, part of the fourth quarter, Kaminga starts getting wide open dumps. He starts, yeah, he basically just screens and then very smartly cuts to the rim. The Warriors have an offense that is really good at picking apart bad defenses, especially when the communication is like not like on point. That's how, you know, Clay Thompson got really got open for those threes. That's how Steph Curry got a lot of his threes by just basically just being left open for basically no reason. And so Kaminga cuts to, just cuts to the rim, literally doesn't really do anything fancy. Like slips a screen or and just rolls to the rim for three straight dunks, ending with a beautiful windmill dunk in transition. And then after that, Clay Thompson hits a three. The seven point lead all of a sudden turns into a twenty point lead, and that was the game. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they were. It was this offense, 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 and. I don't remember if you said this before, but the Golden State Warriors, even though they're a great defensive team, uh, wasn't so much before. I I think I remember you mentioning that in the um, when we were watching the game. But yeah, I mean, in terms of our own offense, yeah, we we kept up for the most part. Um, the one thing I'm surprised to see is Rashawn not hitting at all. Well, he hit one but we're not utilizing Rashawn as much as I like. Yeah, so like I, I mentioned in the Brooklyn game, it looked like just the guy, the point guards just weren't feeding him much in his spots. And, you know, I, I don't know if that's by design of how the defense plays him. I honestly couldn't, I honestly didn't pay attention that hard to it, but it seems like there's just like, the connection isn't really there. And even when they feed Rashawn the ball, it's not in his preferred spots, which is, you know, just inside the free throw line with that little floater of his. Yeah, there's a little something off about Rashawn. And part of it is him. And part of it is also just, you know, Halliburton. They're not running that many pick and rolls with him. And in this game, he got put in a torture chamber. He could not get going at all during this game. So like, you know, the, the guys were kind of defending him really well. The opening wasn't there to pass to Rashawn. That's kind of how I saw it. Mm, I see. Yeah, because I I was surprised that to see that Damon Jones hit six for eight uh, this game. And, you know, he was good. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. So the next thing I wanted to quickly talk about, you know, like they gave up 23s. They gave up a bunch of wide open ducks. But in between that, as I mentioned, they hung around. They actually played really well. Davion Mitchell had his career high, like really scored at will against Steph Curry because, you know, they put their best defender on uh, on Halliburton. That's one of the reasons why he had, you know, a pretty, a very bad game. But, but like, that's kind of the passive thing that, you know, De'Aaron Fox actually does for Halliburton sometimes because they put the best perimeter defender on uh, on De'Aaron and Halliburton can go, can go off sometimes. It does, hasn't happened that much that often. But, like, they put they end up putting, like, GP2 and, like, at certain points, like, Kaminga on uh, Halliburton and they were able to really limit what he did. But that did open up, like, Davion to attack Steph Curry just relentlessly. They really did legitimately run the whoever offense on Steph Curry for stretches. And, you know, they actually played a pretty good game. Again, other than the 23s and, like, the, you know, the 
crazy stretch that Kaminga went on. The Kings played well, well enough to kind of, you know, have a chance, but with the little errors that they make, as I mentioned, they're a bad defense and the Warriors are great at picking apart bad defenses. Guys just keep moving. Guys will like everybody kind of moves in sync. There's always like, there's always the threat of the back door cut and like the passers on the team, even without Draymond are always on the lookout, utilizing the chaos that uh, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry create by just constantly moving without the ball. And, you know, a guy like Damian Lee just feasts on, you know, openings that, you know, um, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry create, and that's kind of how they beat the Kings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking back at the box score, and we mentioned this while we were talking uh, last night <laughs> when the game happened, uh, the rebound numbers still hasn't changed. So I'm just going to assume that as uh, the Kings only had 25 rebounds the whole game and, you know, the Warriors had 40. So that's pretty unusual. What is also unusual, a team shooting 56% and 47% from three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Warriors did not miss all that much this game. I, I'm just, I guess I'm making excuses for the Kings, but there weren't that many rebounds to go around. There just wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Kings, they actually shot okay, like 42 of 80, not terrible. But, you know, of course, being completely destroyed from the three-point line they, the way they were, it's hard to win like that. So, I guess I felt like the guys got way more rebounds than 25 total. They got out rebounded by 15 this game. Like, granted, it's not a huge number if you consider the amount of misses, but like, yeah, they're just, it's just a weird game in terms of rebounding. Yeah. I mean, it is how it is. It's the Warriors. Their, their offense is just. It's, it's very dynamic is yeah. what I like to say. And again, it slices up bad defenses that just don't have their communication on point. Like again, Clay Thompson just constantly got open. There was one very notable one that like, I think it was Clay's either fifth or sixth three, but like Mo, Mo Harkless communicates on Halliburton to switch and Halliburton just either just doesn't hear it, but like he literally just is, is like out of, he was basically a step late. And there, there it is. Clay Thompson wide open in the corner. Kaminga knows to set the screen and it's a wide open three. Like your, your communication just has to be on point when you're guarding Steph and Clay and the Kings don't have it. Yeah. Maybe someday, hopefully soon. (laughs) Yeah. And my last note for the game, uh, Kings come back down to earth after the win against the Nets, you know, this team is not good. Like, do not, do not let the Nets win fool you. You know, we, we were on cloud nine for a little bit because we hadn't seen a, a win in seven games. And uh, yeah, well, coming back down to earth, we're still waiting on that trade deadline. We're limping towards it. Mm, uh, yeah. Less than a week now, so we shall see. Yeah, so um, so normally Fawn would do the uh, player of the game and the Kings killer, but he didn't miss half the game, so I decided to do it for him. Um, so player of the game for me, Davion Mitchell attacked relentlessly at, again, lit up Steph Curry and just a myriad of, and not, not just Steph Curry, but a, a myriad of other defenders as well. Defense wasn't as impactful, but like, just because again, the dynamic, uh, the dynamic dynamicness, I guess how dynamic the Warriors offense is in terms of like cutting. It's not as simple as just staying in front of your man. You have to constantly be aware of back cuts and just be aware of your man's screening, especially when it's Steph Curry, who's one of the most dangerous screeners in the league, because you're never going to leave him. So, 
you know, that's basically if the screen is good, you're that's a drive to the rim. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, he did Davion didn't have a great effect on that end, but he, you could still feel him out there, if that makes any sense. And uh King's killer, I mean un- undisputed King Clay Thompson, six threes and 20 points in the first half. Like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, it's feeling like uh, the normal Clay against the Kings all over again. And if you're wondering, like, you know, man, why does he always play well against the Kings? Well, someone did. Someone asked him about that after the game. And he said, hey, man, 2011 draft with the 10th pick, the Sacramento Kings don't select me. Some people don't forget. That's all I got to say. So, yeah, we picked uh, Jimmer. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. If Clay did come here, I mean, how, how, I mean, how long are we going to be able to work this out until he requests a trade out, to be honest? I mean, you never know. Like, you just got Boogie. And, like, again, we did, we just did not surround Boogie with tackle. Mm-hmm. And, like, again, I'm always of the mind that, you know, great players become great players regardless of where they are. So, like, you know, you might say, like, oh, he doesn't become Clay Thompson. I think he, I think he still becomes Clay Thompson. He's one of those killers, in my opinion. And you never know, like, if if he plays with Boogie, like, who knows? Like, your team actually might be good, and you know, he might, he might be, he might think it's worth sticking around for. Hmm. Yep, I guess we'll never know. And like, also, and also, like, you know, you weren't going to be good enough to, you know, not play yourself out of the what the whatever pick. Uh, I think the fifth, fourth pick next year, you might end up with Damian Lillard too. And so you got Jimmer. And so you got Jimmer. So those are a lot of what ifs, sadly. And Jimmer, unfortunately, was so bad. Like Kings were in denial that they got a really good pick in, with in Isaiah Thomas in this in this draft <laughs> as well. Like they they just wanted him to be the man. Like Jim, they wanted Jimmer to be good, and they were just in denial about it for, for a bit. And yeah, we can talk about the Kings draft all, all day. It's just. Yep. Uh, I guess like, I don't know if you've seen the clip, but like Draymond also has that kind of like grudge against guys against teams that who didn't pick him. Draymond, I believe was either the 35th or the 30. He's in the thirties in the next draft. And he could actually name you every single player that was drafted before him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He remembers. And so does Clay. Oh yeah. Well, they ended up in better situations to be honest. And you know, one championships you know harrison was in the next draft he didn't want to get drafted by sacramento either he didn't huh because you know it, it was a shit show like let's be like you know we, we can say that it was just it was a terrible place to be terrible culture terrible organization cheap by the way it, it was like a legit it was a very bad situation to be in and you know harrison is a smart guy and he was smart even when he was young he knew he didn't want any of this <laughs> Yeah, that's good for him. But now he ended up here somehow. So uh, how the circle comes around, I guess. I mean, you know, it does like it's a better organization, not saying much, but, you know, it is better than what it was in the Maloops when they literally wouldn't pay for uh, for certain players. Like they had the lowest payroll. It, it, we're far from those kinds of days where they literally didn't have money to pay their pay their players. Mm-hmm, yeah. 
Again, moving on to just uh, talk about some players. Halliburton did have a good game, as I mentioned. Really got put in the torture chamber by GP2 and another and a series of defenders that they threw at him. They really keyed in on him, too. So it made it tough for him to get anything going. And even when, like, he started getting to his spots in the second half, he just could not hit his shots. Like, they threw his rhythm off. It was just an off game for him. Yeah. I mean, at least he got six assists and contributed in that sort of sense. But, uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much the, his first shots were when I tuned in in the second half. And, yeah, it's, it was still kind of stagnated, especially because of their defense. Yeah, and, you know, with in a game where him and Buddy don't score at all in the first half, I think Buddy had some, had some shots in the second half. Like, it was going to be tough to win this game. And, you know, credit to the Warriors' defense. They really, again, keyed in on him and just didn't let him have anything easy. Mm-hmm. Um, Barnes had a good – actually had a really good game. Like, it, granted, like, we didn't win this game, but, like, Barnes kept it – Barnes was able to kind of weather the storm for a lot for a lot of the Warriors' runs by getting down the post and just using his craftiness to, you know, teach these, you know, smaller guys or younger guys, you know, that basically just drawing these – not cheap fouls, but using what old man moves against them. And it worked beautifully. He, he was really good this game. I know it's not really going to show because they lost, but like he, he really did keep them in this game. Like, you know, however you want to like it, this real, this game really could have gone sideways real quick, but he was kind of like there to stop the bleeding temporarily for multiple moments in the game. Oh yeah. I mean, what can we say? It's Mr. Reliable. Uh, Harkless again came through with his defense and it was six steals and you know just a lot of deflections playing him more minutes basically just gives you a better defense and the Warriors my god they were really turnover prone this game they shot well which masked a lot of their issues but like if they didn't shoot that well those turnovers really could have came back to haunt them and again kept the Kings in the game yeah is this the first game where he uh, started again or was it last game second they started last game too I mean, he's at other starts earlier in the season, but they went away from him. And I always thought it was really confusing why they did. The defense works a lot better when he's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Especially with Davion with, uh, on the floor with him. Yeah. And again, just like, you know, the pressure that, you know, Davion can put on the ball and then like with most long ass arms getting in the way, it's a lot of, it's a lot to deal with for any ball handler. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go move over to the Warriors. Steph had a very efficient game and he shot very well and caused a lot of chaos. His shoot, his, he had a, he had a great shooting game, four for seven from three, but of course overshadowed by Clay Thompson again, six threes in the first six, six, six threes in the first half and seven overall just destroyed the Warriors with Clay. Uh, well, it's, he's starting to pick back up actually recently, huh? because actually I mean, actually well uh, yeah he had a great game against the rockets but come on it's the rockets and you know yeah. against the kings you know it's you, just... you're, you're, you ever <laughs> are you ever in a shooting slump like you know it, it helps to play the kings it just it just does yeah it's always the case i mean both steph and quay were just ridiculous <laughs> in threes yeah um we'll move on to damian lee like he's always high on my king's killer killers list because he's just that kind of guy who basically just plays hard, really. Like, he's a smart player. He plays hard. He never stops moving. And 
unfortunately, the Kings just struggle with players like that. And to add to add insult to injury, can shoot. So like he just had like two, I think two threes where there were just two threes where he's just running around and just backed up to the three point line and he was just open and just pant and just like canned like a number of threes. He hit a, a dagger three like in the fourth, like early in the fourth that really like sank the Kings. I mean, they had a chance to come back, but like you can tell like the effect like his shots had against the Kings. Ah, mm. oh, man. I mean, another guy that, I mean, they have a big arsenal of guys that are potential Kings killer uh, material against this game. And man, uh. but, but again, with him specifically, he runs around a lot, smart with his cutting and just, you know, knows how to like, knows how to like abuse a a decent opening without doing too much. Like just again, a perfect role player that, you know, fits perfectly within the Warriors offense. And again, as I mentioned, the Kings defense is not good enough. Their communication just isn't on point of like when to help and when not to help. And a guy like, you know, guy like Damian Lee knows how to abuse the openings that is caused by the chaos that, you know, uh, that clay and Steph like cause on the court and he just he, again he just plays within his role never tries to do too much and plays hard and is smart and can shoot you think he'd be a pretty good six man in the future i mean not in the future that's what he is right now yeah or i meant like potential winner for the awards i mean no, no, he'll never have the stats. Um, yeah, but you know, there have, there are people out there like Ethan Strauss and Nate Duncan. They're very prominent Warriors guys. They said if he had been on the team uh, in the 2019, they would have won the championship. Like that's the kind of player that Damian Lee is. Ooh. Instead, yeah. they went in with Alfonso McKinney, and he wasn't good. <laughs> really good really good against portland though during that series but honestly everyone was good <laughs> during that portland series they played damian jones for crying out loud and he was okay oh man i forgot he was in the warriors team at that time Jeez. yeah uh last guy uh K- jonathan kaminga he had a reign of terror against the kings again got four straight dunks and one reverse windmill that basically ended the game like again, I I was not high on on him in the draft, and honestly, one of my worst case scenarios was him like ending up as the ninth pick, and you have to pick him because of the like the potential talent that is just kind of you know in that is like you know just sitting inside him. But it's it would take a while to develop him, and like he didn't show a lot of instincts, if you know what I mean, like in the G League, and. He's really, he's really kind of proved a lot of people wrong. Granted, I will bring up, he's not playing that well in Santa Cruz because they let him do whatever the hell he wants. And I feel like that's what he would do on the Kings at least this year or yeah, at least in his rookie year. But like he's, he's the Warriors have gotten him to just play within his role. He screens, he rolls, he, he plays defense, doesn't shoot too many threes. He, he's he is allowed to shoot some threes, but he doesn't like overstep his bounds and yeah, it, it's basically the best version of himself right now. He could develop into something really nice down the line. And, you know, with in the Warriors system, like he has the right infrastructure around him to, you know, develop properly. Mm, I know Warriors got really good steals in the draft. And man, I, I wouldn't call I, him a steal, but sure. I mean, having Moses Moody as well, but I mean, he's still developing, uh, 
into something in the future for the Warriors. But you know, yeah, Kaminga, man. Yeah, when I tuned in, I, I just couldn't believe how many dunks he had in just such a short time. Just uh, whatchamacallit, because we were we were in a bad slump. It was just like, again, the communication just isn't great on the Kings, but those cuts were really good cuts. Like, and again, like the Warriors offense is trained to spot those back cuts on screens for Steph and Clay. And again, that's the chaos that those two just create. And they have like passers, even without Draymond, like JTA, a very good budget, budget Draymond on offense. Like, you know, a guy that's look always looking for those openings and can hit him on the cut. And yeah, just I'm surprised he has those instincts. He really, I didn't think he would have those, honestly. But yeah, good on him for like learning so fast. So honestly, he's been better than what Wiseman was for them last year. Mm, actually, Wiseman didn't play this game. Is he out still? He's been out, yeah. Oh, he, man. He's coming back soon. Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> I, I mean, like Jaron Jackson also had like a meniscus tear that like, basically sideline him until like the end of last season. So I'm guessing this is kind of that injury. And, you know, I, I don't know what to think of Wiseman. I, I like, he could be good when he comes back. He could be terrible. I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess more development for him, I guess, because what, this is his second year now? Second Sec- season. Second season. But like the thing is you want to win a championship. And like, I've heard like the Warriors, they're not going to trade Kaminga. They're not going to trade uh Wiseman unless it's for a guy like Bradley Beal and I'm just thinking like you might want to downgrade it a little bit granted they're great right now but like if you can get that extra piece like man that'd be incredible but that's how they view their assets and we'll see like Mm. you know yeah that'd be pretty dangerous too if Beal was ever to go to Warriors yeah, well, I don't know if it's happening. The, the Wizards are having their own situation. You never know. I mean, yeah. I mean, plus trades hasn't been uh, rolling as much as we should. So. Oh, we did. We did have one trade that was very confusing, to say the least. Uh, we'll, mm. we'll talk about it a little bit. Okay. All right. So I'm ready. Hit, hit me with the quiz. Oh, yeah. Did, did we mention that there was going to be a quiz? You, well, I mentioned it, I think, at the top of the recording. I want to say. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Well, are, are we going to just get started right here and then? Yeah, hit me with it. Okay, so there are six questions, and there's five bonus points, and I don't know why God gave you this many bonus points, but... You know what? You you, you got to repay me for giving you those bonus points every every quiz. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so there's a possibility of 11 points. I, I'm going to say if you get more than... Ooh, I'm not going to lie. Some of these questions are probably going to be pretty easy if you like definitely know it. But it could be hard if you have to think about it. It's, it's kind of that way. Yeah, yeah, you're going to know it if you know it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, you're just going to know it is what I'm hearing. Okay. Well, well all right. Hit, all right. Go, go ahead. Hit me with something. All right. Starting from one through six, what number do you choose? Okay. Let me, uh, let me just think. All right. Let's start with five. Five. All right. During the We Believe Warriors era. Who had the most points per game in that team? Oh, Baron Davis. Oh, 
You got one right. Hey, it was either him or Steven Jackson. I know that because I know Baron Davis was nice, like back in the day. What you would call it. So before we move on, <laughs> I don't know why I put two bonus points in this question, but here it goes. How many points did uh, he average that season? That's tough. I'm going to say 20. God damn it. You're really? Right. Really? Yeah. Oh, that was no, that was a hell Mary. I didn't know. Like that's what I assumed it would be for some reason. And I'm not cheating. So if you guys think I'm cheating, I'm not. So no, believe they, yeah. believe me if you want to. Um, yeah. Or it's, believe me if you want to. Yeah, it's 20.1 points per game. I Man. was gonna say 20.2. I don't know. I don't know if that uh, is like you know, now I'm, I'm just, just gonna say 20. Yeah, I'm just gonna round because if we're gonna go decimals in this then it'd be a little too tough but uh here's the last bonus question of this question who received the ring with the warriors in this in the what how in the we believe warriors era i already know the question matt barnes 2017 i know i know that one i i I knew this question was a little too easy for you (laughs) i mean i didn't think i would get the points so yeah that's already three points Yeah, see, I, I know, I know my. I, it, I, well, I say this now. I know my Warriors until you kind of go back to the '90s and beyond. But yeah. you know, I know, I, I know that we believe team. Yeah, I, I made sure not to make any questions before the '90s, uh, especially with the Will era, because I, I personally don't know anything about the Will a, era. A, a little spoiler: I did take a trivia quiz about mostly, you know, that era. Just, just to prepare for those. So you told you you teased me that there were going to be some will questions. I mean, I'm personally good. I, I I told you this is going to be an easy quiz, probably for those who know the Warriors. <laughs> okay. All right then. So five is out of the books. Dear God, three points okay, so, already. So that's three points. Okay. All um, right. What's your next question or number? My next number. You know what? Let's try number six. Number six. So. Oh, this, this, I did not know. In 2017, there were two awards given to two people from the Warriors. Can you name which award and the person received that award? So I know one of them is Draymond Defensive Player of the Year. Okay, that's what's, one. What's the other? There was another award. Uh, I know it's not MVP because they weren't winning. Steph and Clay weren't, or Steph and Durant were going to win the weren't going to win the MVP. Mm-hmm. Did you say specifically players? I said people. Okay, so Coach of the Year, Steve Kerr. That, that's probably not it, huh? That's probably not it. God damn it! No, I shouldn't not. have said that. Damn it! <laughs> it's NBA Executive of the Year, and I did not know this was an award. Bob, was it Bob Myers? Yeah, I, I know it's an award. It's not what I thought of. Yeah, it, this this one was a tricky one, but you did get Draymond Green. Yeah, because I, yeah, I know like he should have won way more, but that was the year he won it. Yeah, so since this is a two-part question, I'll just give you the half point for that. Yeah, it's okay. You don't have to give me points, but I already got three. I already got three. I know. Let's see. So one through four, what's your next number? Uh, let's go uh, Let's go number two. Number two. Ooh, this, this one is a, a doozy. <laughs> okay. What was the Warriors' largest margin of victory? I want to, I took a quiz on this. I 
fuck is like the, the the quiz I took had basically 58 to 62 and like basically by um, digits of two. Um, let me think. All right, Hail Mary shot. I think it was 62 was the biggest margin. Mm. It's I know it's close. Is it 62? Judging from the sound, it probably isn't. It is. It is. Yes. <laughs> that's 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 why you practice on some uh, on, on a website about these trivia questions. And ah, if dang. if I remember right, that is against the Kings in 1991. Fuck me. That was the bonus question. <laughs> yes, I I because I, I remember that one very clearly. I was like, why is it always got to be the Kings? Uh, it's funny because I looked at this one. I was like, that's a good question. I'll, I'll put that in. Man, yeah, you, you got, got me to study. You got me to study for it. That's why. Gosh, dang! You you got both the points and the bonus question, which was who was it against, and you said the Kings. Gosh, dang. that's already five points. That, that's five points. You, know, you okay. got you got to get more tricky with these. Yeah, I, I need <laughs> maybe in the next Warriors game I'll get a little trickier, but. Yeah, that's this is way. You know what? You know what? I just came up with a really good question. I'll give to you after after the quiz. That's that's how good I am at these Warriors quizzes. I'm gonna come up with a quiz question for you afterwards. Damn. Yeah, I definitely do not know much about the Warriors. (laughs) Okay. All right. So between one, three, and four, what's your next one? You know what? Hit me with unlucky number four. Oh gosh. This is the easiest one. This I is guess. the easiest one. Okay. This is the easiest one, I think. On January 4th, 2015, against the Kings, how many points did Clay have in the dirt quarter? Oh, I, I was hoping for you to ask me how many he had in the game because that one's probably harder. I, well, I know this one because it's pretty, it's everywhere how many he scored. 30, 37. <sighs> Fuck. 37 in the quarter against the Kings. Yeah, I know, I know that one. I should, have, I should have made this harder. And if I remember right, it was 51 he scored, right? Total? I believe so, if I remember searching this up. Yeah. But man, damn it. Yeah, see, I know see, I know, I know these. Okay. I, I've watched the rise of the Warriors, <laughs> like, primarily through b-ball breakdown, because honestly, didn't watch didn't actually watch games back then. I, but I remember a lot of these, the little things uh, back in those days. All right. So here's the bonus question. How many shots did he miss in that quarter? Oh, that's tough. It's it's between one or two. I'm struggling to think which one. You know, I'm gonna say one. I think he missed one shot. Ah, uh, you were so close. Was it two? It was zero. It was zero. He actually. Oh, he didn't miss. Oh fuck! I thought he missed one. That's why. No, yeah, I, I was surprised when I saw that part. I was like, dear God, really? Wait, how many <laughs> shots did he take during that? 11, I want to say? Oh, crap. I have to search that up. Uh, we'll search it up later, I guess. Okay. Yeah, it, it was a ridiculous quarter. I remember actually seeing this quarter back. I think I was away uh, from Sacramento. I think I was in Monterey in a restaurant, and I saw the Kings versus Warriors game. And it was like literally in the beginning of the third, I was watching the third, whole third. And I was like, what's going on? We have all these, well, then again, that, that King's era was kind of doo-doo. Yeah. 
So <laughs> yeah, not a great Kings team. There was Dar- I think Darren Collison was on that team, right? If I remember right. Yeah, I mean, he. I I really thought he was a great player, and I'm surprised he uh, retired at such a. I want to say during his prime. And yeah, I want to say he's retired at 32. I mean, he was still like, you know, he could still play. And, but, you know, I think he had some personal things. Like, I think he yeah. retired for like religious reasons, if I remember right. Mm, so, yeah. Yeah. But he would have definitely been a great sixth man during uh, probably the rest of his uh, time in the NBA. But, but I mean, the, the year that the Lakers before, it was the bubble year. They didn't have a ball handler. And the, Lakers fans, granted, they foam at the mouth of, uh, uh, over just about anybody, but like they really were pursuing uh, Darren Collison, and he and he even they even gave him a front row seat to a game, but he ultimately didn't join the team, and hmm. that was that. Uh, yeah, I remember that part. Ah, oh, man, that's too bad. Yeah, but moving on between one and three now. One and three. All right, well, let's do three. All right. What is Curry's NBA record for consecutive games with a made three-pointer? I, fuck, I actually don't know this one. That's a very specific number. For some reason, I, this number pops into my mind. It's probably not right. I want to say 123. Mm, no, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's that actually, was a tough one. It's 157. 150, wow, it's even higher. Jesus Christ. No. I, I remember Kyle Korver, but, but sorry to cut you off, but like, uh, like Kyle Korver, I think has like a, about a season's worth of games, like where he didn't miss a three. And at that point he was considered the best three point shooter in the league. Yeah. Things have changed since then. <laughs> There's Steph is going to set like all three point records by the time he retires. Oh yeah, for sure. So going on to the bonus part, uh, who was it against that broke that streak? Was it the Lakers? Oh, no, 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 no. That's not my. That's not my. That's not my answer. No, no. I was thinking of another game. That's not my answer. Uh, uh, was okay. If you can answer it, if you don't want to, was this recent? Like when he when he broke it? I'll give you the date. November fourth, twenty sixteen. November fourth, twenty sixteen. Really? Was it? No, he didn't play against Dallas. That, that might give you a little too much information, actually. I can't watch. I don't remember who they played specifically. That's a lot of games. Uh, they, he started out hot, if I remember right. Fuck. Um, was that the year they started 24 and 0? No, it's not Milwaukee. That was their first loss. And that's not 24 games. Uh, you know, it, it, was it Dallas? Is that your final answer? Yes, that's my final answer. Oh, was it the Lakers? It was, was the Lakers. Uh, I, was, I, I was thinking of another another game. That's why, yeah. but I should just stick with the Lakers. I, I was actually going to give it to you until you were, like, contemplating <laughs> No, no, because I remember he had specifically had a very bad game in the Durant year, the Durant's first year. Mm-hmm. And weirdly yeah. enough, he doesn't play well against the Lakers. It, it's even like when they were absolute shit before LeBron got there. Mm-hmm. Like they had a they had a weird game where they lost to them in 2016, in that 2016 season. It was so weird. Yeah. I mean, in that game, he shot zero for 10 and threes, which I mean, it's a lot of threes. Yeah. But for Steph Curry, 
a single mate. You, That's crazy. You know what actually threw me off? Like you giving me that date actually threw me off because I'm thinking that was the 2015-16 season, meaning their 73 uh, and 9 season. Yeah. That's what actually that's what threw me off. Ooh, I should have <laughs> given you the date then. <laughs> yeah, that actually yeah, that actually didn't help. Okay. That confused me. Yeah, pretty much almost nearly two years of uh the streak and broken by the Lakers. God damn it. I should have just stuck to my gut on that one. <laughs> well, it's fine. You already Wait, no, this is the only question that you got wrong, which... Oh, I got two. No, I got two wrong. That's two of them wrong, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I still count the awards as a half, a haver, so... Okay, fair enough. So, I mean, I'll take the point. So the last question, um, it, it's, it's like a know if you know it or you don't know it type question. Okay. So where were the Golden State Warriors originally located before the Bay Area? Come on. Come on, that's way too easy. Philadelphia. Yeah, it's it's either you know it or you don't know it. That's the type of question. So there, so there was a funny, so like there was a funny thing. It was I forgot what the how the question was specifically worded, but it was like, where did where did Will score a hundred points, or what team did he do it for? And I remember I remember the Warriors, but it was the Philadelphia Warriors at that mm. point. Yeah, so I, remember I just remember that. like that threw me off, and, and I remembered ever since. <sighs> well, let's see. Let me count this: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven out of eleven. I would say eight out of eleven, but man, that's. <laughs> yeah, I know my warriors. I've warned you. I know that. Like as long as you did not go back into like way back in the day, like run TMC. I don't know much about that team. I don't, and like God forbid the Rick Barry years. Like I don't oh. know any of those. Oh yeah, but, I saw I saw some of those. Uh, what what you call Rick Barry and Wilt years? So I was like, hmm, should I or should I not? But no, <laughs> yeah, you you definitely know the the current era, or I would say within our lifetime type era yeah, of the Warriors. Definitely. That's my shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't expect you to get eight. No, I actually did, did expect you, but it's just, man. <laughs> I was cold. I was, I, I should have gotten that Lakers one. That, 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 now I'm disappointed that I didn't get that one. The number definitely is a, is an anomaly, but uh but yeah <laughs> yeah that one it. yeah that one talk about needing you, you just know it or you don't yeah that number yeah yeah that's a pretty insane one but so, yeah still a pretty good score i should have done a lot better in terms of research <laughs> probably in the whatchamacallit questions and i thought some of these questions were going to be stumps but then again some of these are really you know it or you don't <laughs> And I do know it. Uh, oh. I, I, you know what? I'm proud, proud of myself for getting this many. Not proud of the, not proud of the kerfuffle with the Lakers one. It's, I remember that game too. That you know, that's the sad part. I remember that game. Like, I, I just, yeah, I just, yeah, second guess myself on that one. Yeah, I just remember seeing the headline about it, but I didn't watch that game, of course. So, well, I didn't either. I just know they shot like shit for something they lost that game too i think right yes and yeah was, yeah it was one of the weird ones i remember yeah i remember there was katie, katie was there and uh i forgot if clay was in clay no they were in it's just they didn't play well they, mm -hmm. there was an adjustment period when uh durant first got there 
And like, they were basically trying to run the offense through him and it didn't work the whole season. What the, the moment that the offense clicked during that season, weirdly enough was when KD got injured towards the end of the season. And they said like, Oh, we have a, we have the Steph guy that we should have run the offense through. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It worked out in the end, to be honest. They yeah. Got a ring. Yeah, you could say that. Okay, so here, here's here's my. Uh, do you have any other bonus questions for me? If, if not, I'm going to ask you my bonus question that I literally just came up with. All right, just shoot for it. All right, so I, now I don't have the dates um, for this. Oh boy! <laughs> but, but Mark Jackson famously got fired as the uh, head coach of the Warriors. Oh and, no! And so he. He basically, after getting fired, I think I think actually joined the broadcasting booth that's like right after the next season. Uh-huh. And the, I don't even remember which game this was, but he made a reference to Richard Jefferson. Now, he basically said something along the lines of, you know, there was there was a game. No, I love Richard Jefferson. He's a great player, smart player, tough, tough veteran. Basically give him praise. But this dude cost me a playoff game. We were up 10, and he missed two free throws with two minutes to go. What game was that? The Richard Jefferson game? The Richard Jefferson game. So, you know what, I'll give you – I'll let you narrow down. It was in the playoffs. You got to give me the series that it was against and the the team that it was against. And, yes, this was was on the Warriors, when Richard Jefferson was on the Warriors. Your gosh, that's a that's a that's a tough one. Now, see that those are the kind of questions you got to come up with to stump. Although I know this one, but that those are the kind of questions you got to come up with. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you're giving me a hard time with this one. Who was it against? <laughs> oh man, Richard Jefferson, the Warriors. I totally forgot he was a warrior. He he was a journeyman. I, I believe he was only there for one season. I don't. Yeah, I think he was only there for one. That was. I know it's definitely before his time in Cavaliers, so it must be like twenty tens. I'm not. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna let you figure that out. Who was it against? Uh... I'm just going to go off for women and say, is the Spurs? It is against the Spurs. Do you have the game? Oh, gosh. Game, I'm going to say game uh, 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 five. Uh, you, you, you narrowed it down to the Spurs. That's very impressive. It was game one. So they, oh, basically the Warriors, like they shot the Spurs. Like they, they like, basically that was Steph Curry's coming out party. Like he, they had no, well, they had guys to guard him, but for whatever reason, they kept putting Tony Parker on him and they ran, and he ran the whoever offense on Tony Parker. And Steph Curry played that entire game. It went to overtime. He didn't sit for one minute. And basically the Warriors were up 10 with two minutes to go. They get, I think it was Draymond gets the steal, passes it to uh, Richard Jefferson, who was pretty slow at that point in his career, gets fouled, shoots two free throws, misses both, and the Spurs come back uh, to get to, uh, what's it called, take it to overtime, and they win that game on the Manu uh, game winner. Yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, see, you got to get me with these kinds of questions. I got to go specific, I guess, really specific questions. All um, right. So, since, you, since you did bonus questions, there's a bonus about that game. 
Oh boy. So the, the Warriors actually took the lead momentarily. They went up by one and, uh-huh. and it was because of a layup from this player in overtime. And it was until like the, the uh, Manu three that they actually took the lead and won the game, but they were up one with a, I want to say just under 10 seconds to go. Who hit that layup? In the Warriors? On the Warriors. Was it Richard Jefferson? It was not Richard Jefferson. Oh. I'll give you another try. You're so, this is, oh. so this is the 2014-15? No, this is the 20... No, this is the 2012-2013 Warriors, I think. Yeah. Okay. So. Hmm. <sighs> you'll 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 know you'll know this player, but I don't I don't think you'll remember him on the Warriors. He was a rookie at that point. Was I'm giving you a lot of clue. No. Oh damn. You said rookie, and I <laughs> immediately assumed Quay. <laughs> well, he was a rookie the year before. He was yeah. a second year player at this point. Oh dang. Dang, who who got drafted in the Warriors that year? I don't think you'll get. I, I don't think you'll. I don't think that'll help you. <laughs> He's pretty. Oh no! It feels like I know it, but I. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh man, I feel like I should know this. Oh man, I'm just gonna say Steph because I I can't I'm waking out. <laughs> You're probably gonna hate yourself for this. It was Kent Bazemore. Oh yeah, rookie Kent Bazemore on on the Warriors. I think yeah, I think it was guarding Tony Parker, and he he, he ended up getting a stop, and then uh, yeah, raced down the floor, got a nice little right-handed reverse layup. I don't think I've ever seen him do that ever again. And uh, yeah, that it was Kent Bazemore. Man. I forgot he was dropped or who he was in that Warriors team. Jeez. Yeah, he was traded to the Lakers, I think, the next season and ended up on the Hawks. Uh, yeah. Then signed a pretty big contract. Yeah, during that big season, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So those are the kinds of questions you got to hit Owen with when it comes to the Warriors. <sighs> Maybe next Warriors uh, game, I'll think of a better uh, quiz, but yeah. It, that means Bong doesn't know much about the NBA. <laughs> oh, no, he does not. Owen knows. Owen knows though. <laughs> We've got to try this with some other team. Warriors are cheap. We're a bit of a cheat for me. Either that or the Kings. But you know, both of us are pretty well versed with Kings. Um, yeah, one of these days you might quiz me on another team, and maybe I won't do so well. Like Lord knows how I don't know much about the Orlando Magic. So yeah, dear God. I mean, anything past uh, the Shaq years and the Hardaway years, I. I, I I'll remember. Well, you're not supposed to remember. They didn't exist really before <laughs> that. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, anyways, that will do it for the quiz. Uh, we're going to wrap it up by just uh, talking a, a little bit about the Rising Stars Challenge. Uh, Halliburton and Donovan, Donovan, Davion were, Davion Mitchell were uh, selected for the Rising Stars Challenge. And it has been revealed that they are uh, on separate teams. Uh, let me pull up the thingy real quick. So uh, apparently, uh, Halliburton is on part of is part is a part of Team Isaiah. That's uh, Isaiah Thomas. If you guys don't know the OG Isaiah Thomas Pistons. Yeah. And uh, Davion is on Team Payton. Uh, that is, I believe that is Gary Payton. I'm gonna assume so too, huh? So yeah, they're gonna be on separate teams. 
Um, apparently this is a new format that they're going to do. They're basically going to play three games. So like there's four teams, they're good. You know, two teams are going to play against each other. And then the winner of the uh, winner of their uh, respective games will, um, advance onto the third game. And then the third, the winner of the third game will be the winner. Yeah. It's a very interesting format because it is take, I mean, there's a lot of rookies and there's a lot of good rookies in this, uh, in between these four teams too. And yeah, like they also even included every team, one G league ignite on ignite player. So like, you know, you might get a little, um, I guess a uh, head start on just, you know, some G league ignite players are going to be coming in uh, this upcoming draft. Yeah. It's very interesting. Or actually, hmm, actually out of four that's, you know, in their uh, respective teams, I, I personally do not know. And I'm wondering uh, why, uh, what teams uh, they are in if they were to be called up. I mean, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I don't even know them. So let's, I mean, it's that you got to be really deep into like, you know, draft Twitter to really like, you know, be in the know about these guys. I will admit, I have no clue who any of these four guys are. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if they do anything and it ends up on the highlights, I might get a little head start on just, you know, some drafting. Although to be fair, I should be getting a head start on drafting because Kings aren't doing exactly hot. So <laughs> might, might be time to go check out uh, who's coming in this upcoming yeah. draft are thinking about another top 10 uh top 10 draft pick yeah oh of course at this point yeah of course <laughs> yeah it's sadly coming down to that <laughs> i think i think uh let me check i think on tankathon like i mean they're top five right now i think so Ooh. let me check it's real quick So we're tied with six right now. Let's see. Are, are you still on the wagon of picking the best fit or picking the best overall? Pick the best overall. I'm done with going, going fit. I am. Although I will say, pick a guy that's tall. Like that's my only, that's my only thing. This is, this is the thing that does annoy me when I listen to KC talk about the Kings. I love the guy. He like, I love his insight on most things. And like, I love his take takes on the Kings. His take of like, you know, you know what this team needs more of scoring guards, scoring guards that are short. And as far as I know, don't play defense. We don't need Malik Monk. We don't need, you know, guys like guys like that. I I get why Malik Monk Uh is very interesting. He's a very good player. I don't want him on the Kings because we don't need another guard that doesn't play defense. (laughs) Yeah. A tiny guard at that. I mean, a tall guard's fine, right? I mean, tall guard. Like, I I hate to be that guy. You got to be six five or above for me to for me to even take a look at you. That's why I didn't take a look at Davion in the draft. Like, I loved him in the draft. He was just small, and honestly, I wasn't. I was not expecting a a point guard at all. No, I mean, uh, I don't think many people were. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a that's gonna be it for the rising stars. I'm in, I'm I like I like this new um, idea. I want to see how I want to see how it turns out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this will take up a whole day to be honest, because two separate games and on top of the final game. I assume it's gonna be over multiple days because I don't see them playing like right after, unless it's gonna be like one quarter or something like that. I, I don't know. Like you got to think of the of the players' bodies, you know. Yeah. So I'm assuming no celebrity game anymore. 
So mm-hmm. that might take up a game. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, that might that might be you might be right. I don't know, but probably because like I guess the pandemic and just trying to be safe with it. Yeah. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. So it's probably yeah, two games. Probably Saturday, final game Sunday, and that's right before the All Star game. So yeah, we'll see how it uh, pans out. Well, since you just spoke of the All-Star games, the All-Star reserves were just announced. I don't think we talked about the starters either. Let's uh, let's start there. So starter, e-starters, e Kevin Durant, uh, Giannis, DeMar DeRozan, Ke- I just want to say Kevin Durant again, Joel Embiid, and Trey Young. So those are the five starters for the East. For the West, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Jokic, Morant, and uh, Wiggins. <laughs> The first all-star, huh? I mean, I wonder who's getting picked last of the starters, but, you know. Uh, yeah, but, you know, credit to, you know, credit to him secure. I think it was the Warriors, actually, who secured a partnership with uh, Bam Bam, a K-pop star. Do you know anything about Bam Bam? Who is Bam Bam? Apparently a K-pop star. And, and I don't know if you know, K-pop Twitter and just K-pop, like, social media in general are insane. And that's basically how he got the vote to basically he got voted in. I mean, honestly, I don't, I think he didn't get voted in. I'm pretty sure he doesn't make it, but he got so many votes uh, at forward specifically that he managed to make all-star starter. So congratulations to Andrew Wiggins. Uh, huh. That's, Oh, that's interesting. I didn't, I was really hoping for you to know who Bam Bam is. Somebody got to explain who the hell Bam Bam is. I don't even know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even listen I haven't listened to K-pop since high school, so I have not. I don't even know BTS or who, who's the other groups. That... <laughs> yeah, BT. I mean, BTS is all I know. I mean, it's, I mean, I know like some from like 2015, uh, but you know, I'm not really a K-pop guy. So yes, somebody got somebody got to explain this explain this Bam Bam thing to me. But anyways, congratulations to Andrew Wiggins. You, you, you made it. I mean, honestly, like, you know, just coming from his uh, Wolves days where he was like, you know, considered a bus, even though I always thought that was unfair. It's just that we look at his contract and we say he's not worth that contract, which is fair. He's not worth that contract for the most mm-hmm. part. But like he was still an OK player. And, you know, on the Warriors, he plays a role. He's very good at playing that role. And, you know, Congrats, you know, again, he's played, he, he's has a great system around him and he's a very useful player on a championship team. There's a lot of value to that. And, you know, congratulations for him. Congratulations to him to, you know, becoming that player. Yeah, pretty excited to see if uh, they make it to the finals and, you know, winning it because that that's a pretty nice team to see win the finals. I mean, they have a great chance too. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, yeah, those are the those are the starters. Uh, the reserves for the East: Jimmy Butler, Darius Garland, James Harden, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, and Fred VanVleet. No, that, that was a surprise to me. I was, I was surprised they actually got the nod. Yeah, um, I mean, Fred is playing pretty dang well, to be honest. Isn't that crazy? Like we keep talking about like Siakam, like we want Siakam, like Siakam this, Siakam that. I mean, he's like Fred Van Vliet has been the score for, for the team. It's pretty crazy. Mm, oh, yeah. What is he averaging? He he has to be at least averaging 25. 20, well, not 25, but 21 and 7. I know he's been averaging a lot higher as of late, 
I think uh-huh. was one of the one of the driving points to him making it. And he is really carrying that uh that Raptors team. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, credit to him. He, he's a good player. Apparently, I think the fourth undrafted player to ever make an all-star, I think, was something that I read. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, con- again, congratulations to him. He secured the biggest contract that a that a reserve or that an undrafted player has ever um signed. So, you know, he's he's just he's a good player. I really like Fred Van Vliet. Mm. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, congrats to him. I mean, yeah, on twenty in twenty nineteen, he was the guy I was most afraid of on that team. Like, it wasn't Kawhi, it wasn't Kyle Lowry, it was Fred VanVleet. With like just watching as a Warriors fan. Yeah, coming off the bench too. Yeah, uh, for the West uh, reserves, uh, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green. Draymond will not play, and neither will uh, Kevin Durant. I forgot to mention that. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Carl Anthony Towns. Huh. Very interesting team. So they are still doing. I, I forgot to ask this before, but they are still doing East versus West, huh? Not. They're not doing East versus. Well, they're no. They're picking and choosing. These are just uh, the these these are just the all stars from the conferences. I see. I see. Yeah. So I mean, just I guess we're not going to spend too much time on it because like we actually brainstormed this, and honestly, like there aren't that many quote unquote deserving people that we came up with that you know we think should you know make the all star team over X player. So we're not going to spend too much time on that, but. You know, we're, so like, who was a guy that you felt that should have made the All Star team that didn't make it? Well, if we're going to let's just say separate it from East and West, let's start with East. And I think Jalen Brown comes to mind. Yeah, that's the guy I I thought of. Like, I, I mean, there's no statistical thing to prove it. I just think maybe it's just because I hate Jason Tatum for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a big fan of him. I, I don't know what it is, but like, I just felt Jalen Brown's better, but although like I'm looking at the stats, there's no, there's no way to prove that Jason Tatum has, you know, definitively been better than Jalen Brown, but I don't know. I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of Jason Tatum. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're starting to make me not become a big fan of Jason Tatum, but why, know, well, what did I do? I don't know. <laughs> For some reason, once you said that, I'm like, eh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I do like Jalen Brown because, you know, he came from Cal. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a Cal guy. <laughs> yeah. And Jason Tatum's from the Duke. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't know. He's done nothing to make me hate him or maybe not like him. He's a good player, but oh, yeah. I feel he is a teeny bit overrated, my opinion, but mm. he's a good, good player. But oh, yeah. I, you know, I like Jalen Brown. And honestly, I can't really pick a guy to take off like maybe James Harden. He's kind of had a down year, but I'm looking at his stats 23 and 10 and eight. He's averaging, he's averaging Russell Westbrook numbers. Like the good Russell Westbrook numbers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm looking at those stats. I, I did not know he was averaging almost a triple double. Jesus. Yeah, I can't think of a person either to take off. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to make my case because th- I'm probably going to be wrong. Yeah, like the other guy I want, I would love to make it. Drew Holiday's been playing well. Like maybe he, maybe he should have had a shout. But like again, I don't know who to take off. I don't want to take off Fred. I mean, if I had my choice, I would take off Tatum. But you know, we're not. We can, you can't do that. At home, he's averaging twenty six and eight. So, yeah, I mean, you're you're not gonna make it over him. So, 
Okay, let's move over to the West. I mean, like we, we talked about it, like, you know, Anthony Davis, Paul George, like we were actually leaning Paul George until we actually looked at the games played. Anthony Davis has played more games than Paul George. And I would say, you know, you got to give the nod to Anthony Davis in that case. He's had a down year for his standards, but he's still been very, very good. And well, I mean, granted, the team hasn't been great, but like, you know, I think I think he deserves a nod. Oh, yeah, he definitely does. And for Paul George, I mean, it, his team's, yeah, pretty, pretty well off with or without him, in my opinion. That's the credit to Ty Lue's coaching. Like, he gets those guys to play hard, and that means something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lakers, man, without AD or LeBron, and that's about it. <laughs> hey, hey, ch- check it out. Russ has played every game. Really now? Well, he's played fifty. He played fifty-three specifically. I don't know if that's all games, but he's he's been in a lot of games. That's that's a lot than I expect. I mean, we're talking about Russell here. Yeah. Well, uh, so I mentioned uh, earlier that uh, Kevin Durant will be missing the game. Draymond Green will be missing the game. So if if you were to pencil in just to add in, who would you uh, who would you add in right now? For for let's start with the East. Who's going to replace Kevin Durant? Oh, man, I would definitely say Jalen Brown, but hmm, yeah, Jalen Brown. Kyrie Irving, just kidding. No, uh, uh, pro- probably Jalen Brown, yeah. Yeah, I'd, well, be, I'd be surprised if Kyrie somehow snuck in. There like is that. no way he's making it. He's, homie's played 10 games and honestly hasn't set the world on fire. He's been okay. Yeah. Well, okay by his standards. He's, he's a lot, he's a good player, but no, he ain't making it. No. And imagine the backlash <laughs> there would be if he did make it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only other way you can really even throw more fire on this or set set even a bigger fire, if Ben Simmons somehow made it. Oh, gosh. No, that that would be impossible <laughs> if that would happen. I mean, That's- you know, if, if, if the coaches are feeling a little trolly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, luckily, the All-Stars not in, uh, not in Philadelphia. Because he still wouldn't come out. No, he would not. Well, I mean, it's in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, no, he, he ain't coming out. He ain't coming out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, for the West, who would you pick uh, to replace Draymond Green? Oh man, if we're gonna go by position, I'm gonna say Anthony Davis, but I'm I'm still liking Paul George. To be fair, they're both forwards, so like they're the same mm-hmm. position. Ah oh, man, between okay, between PG and AD, I for for Paul George, to be honest. Uh, AD but, as oh, no, sorry, keep, keep going. Sorry. AD, as much as I like him offensively and defensively, it's just uh just his way of play style is not my cup of tea. Even though he's a really great player and what he does for the Lakers, I I still pick Paul George. Uh, well, I, again, like for some reason, we think Paul George played quite a few games. He actually missed a great chunk of the season and honestly gets hurt just as much as AD. We just don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. But like AD's played more games and I think he's, you know, he's a damn good player. And, you know, I'm always the guy that preaches offense over defense, but AD provides so much to that team. Like I, I got to go AD. I just honestly, what the the deal breaker for me is the games played. AD just has played more games and is you know effective out there. So, mm-hmm. granted, the team is a 
it's another story, but yeah, I'll give the nod to AD for this one. Okay. So before we start recording, we were also talking about Anthony Edwards. Now, would you think he would be a good a sneak in pick if uh, to replace Raymond? Do I still, I'd, I'd still do have this page open. I looked at his stats. There's no real statistical way you can make the case. I mean, 23, 5, and 8, or 23, 5, 8, you know, 23, 5, and 3. <laughs> like it was eight yes but like you look at that it's i don't want to say it's pedestrian but like it's good numbers but like it's not it's not all-star level in my opinion so i i don't think he can make it but i would love for him to make it like you know maybe, maybe another grizzly like maybe like jaron jackson like mm-hmm. desmond bain i don't think would be able to make it but like you know like j- just uh jaron jackson would probably be my other pick because he's he's important to that team, you know. Yeah. Well, going against us, I mean, if we were gonna include everyone who uh quote unquote got snubbed, Anthony Davis and Paul George and whatnot, would he be uh, like really close to that top of the list though? Yeah, I'm looking at stats, no. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> I thought he scored more points. He's he's at 16, five, six, and one. That's not all-star stuff, but Again, you think well two two point three blocks. That's actually that's pretty big. That's, that's yeah, that's great. That's really good. Like, I, I would give him a nod, but like, yeah, like these guys just don't have the stats to actually like you know actually vie vie for that spot. So it, it's got to go to Anthony Davis or Paul George. And honestly, if you pick Paul George, he ain't playing. So you got to pick another replacement after that. Yeah. So, which will probably end up being AD. So <laughs> yeah. the circle of light, the circle of NBA life, just kind of you know. That's a feedback loop right there. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Is there enough bigs in the west side? Uh, uh, there's only... Uh, yeah, there's two centers, I guess you could say. I mean, honestly, if you could, like, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people say uh, Jared Allen. If you could squeeze in Jared Allen on the west, that'd be nice, but I don't think you can do that. Mm. That'd be interesting. Yeah, man, the, the West, the West is lacking this year. Like the, the yeah. East, like you can, t- you can talk yourselves into a few guys, but like, man, the East has been really good. And like, it's, it's some people have missed out. Like Jared Allen has missed out, unfortunately, this year. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, maybe next year, who knows? I mean, like if you ever like do, I mean, I'm on, I'm on the train of offense over defense, but like if you ever need definitive proof of like offense, it's just, you know, much more, it's a better, much a better sell than defense. Like Darius Garland over Jared Allen. I mean, granted, I think Darius is the head of the snake for Cleveland, but like they are winning with defense and the anchor for that is, uh, is Jared Allen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he really, you know, you can really make a case that he should make it over uh, Jared or make it over Darius, but that that's what, that's how people see, you know, the game. They like offense more than defense. That's just fact. Yep. Oh, another guy I think that should deserve or not, Kyle Lowry, but like same thing, doesn't really have great accounting stats. I think it was like 14 points. Um, yeah, is, he doesn't have the stats to make it, but Kyle Lowry, I think, should get a get a shout out. Ooh, that'd be pretty interesting. But yeah, his stats don't yell at me this season, sadly. Yeah, thir- well, 13 and eight. That's pretty impressive, but like 13 points. You gotta have more points for my like maybe a bam out of bio, 18 and 10. Granted. Ooh. Less games, less games than I think Paul. No, more games than Paul George, but less games than Anthony Davis. Yeah, we keep falling into the injuries list, unfortunately. 
Yeah, that's, that, that's a weird uh, season. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue. I mean, we could make our case here and there because this list is pretty pretty set. I, I'd say for the most part. You know, honestly, how rough it is in the West. Like, man, we, I wish we could have squeezed in a king here, but yeah. But I mean, injuries for us as well. Alburn, I mean, he's still a rookie, but I mean, his numbers don't show. Well, sophomore. He's sophomore, yeah. I mean, if, yeah, I, what am I saying? Uh, maybe one of these years. Maybe there's a leap coming. Who knows? Third, third year, you never know. Uh, oh, maybe yeah. maybe Fox picks it back up next year. We'll, we'll see. Let's hope so. Okay. Uh, one final topic before we end uh, this episode. Um, in the world of wrestling, um, more releases. Uh, one specific release that honestly very confusing to say the least. And yeah, it was the release of Shane McMahon. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, give me your thoughts. It's just speechless. Like I, I don't even know what to say. It's like he's pretty much, uh, you know, the boss's son, of course. And you know, I. At first, I didn't know much about like the background of why he got released, but when you explained it to me, I mean, still, I mean, I I, I would expect him to do probably something for WWE other than you know being that kind of guy he is. So if you guys didn't like hear, basically the report uh, backstage. And like it's the, the reporting kind of shoddy. So like take take it with a grain of salt, but it has been like somewhat confirmed by like Dave Meltzer and Fightful. Basically, Shane McMahon was being a giant pain in the ass during the Royal Rumble, where like he was like part of the booking crew that was supposed to book like how the match was supposed to go. And apparently he kept trying to like make himself like the focus of the Royal Rumble for whatever reason. And apparently it really rubbed a lot of people the wrong way was how the report kind of states it. And yeah, like basically he just got a bunch of heat backstage and I guess it was somehow enough heat to sit for Vince to say, yeah, can you go away? Uh, I guess for now. That's amazing. And he did come back too, right? He was in the match and like, he was the final three. Yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, I didn't notice much of him, uh, as the reports say, because, you know, once Brock came out, I mean, that everything just... <laughs> we know, we knew where, yeah. where it was going. Yeah, we, we definitely knew where it was going. It was just all Brock. And I'm going to say, yeah, that Royal Rumble was pretty, eh. Yeah, it was, yeah, it wasn't a great uh, Rumble. And yeah, apparently he's been released and I mean, it's, I, I don't mean to be a dick, but it's like, I, part of me was like, whew, yes, <laughs> we don't have to watch him in the press of media because, and pretend like that he's the pretend whoever he's going to wrestle and then pretend that is a big match because of Shane. Uh, I mean, it's not Shane unless he jumps off of a 50 foot pylon or something. That, that's not the problem. The problem is that he is like, you he is regarded as a legend, like the level of say, not like Goldberg levels, but like he is regarded as a as a WWE legend, which means he is on a tier uh, like above most of the roster. 
Like he sh- like, you know, back then, this was when Roman was a face. He should not be like going toe to toe with Roman in the ring, for example. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's not a star. He's he's not a good wrestler. And like just nope. not good on the mic anymore either. And it's just like, we, do we have to sit through this shit and pretend that he's a star? Like he's not. No. And it's like, I, I mean, I don't mean to be a dick. He'll be fine because he's goddamn Vince's son. I think he'll be financially fine. Like, it's just, I'm glad we don't have to do, I mean, if the, if the reports are true and he actually is gone and he's been confirmed like by actual sources, like part of me is like breathes a sigh of relief. It's just like, yeah, we don't have to, we don't have to sit through another Shane McMahon like build for a quote unquote big match because he's, he's in it. Yeah, I mean, I, I was never pretty interested in any of his matches. I mean, all he really does is just jump off tall things and do those air punches. <laughs> air, no, no, those punches. He actually catches people in the face. It's one of the it's one of the running jokes within the industry that he actually punches people, and you know, it's really stupid looking jabs. Like, yeah, no, it, no it, the the way he does it looks like he just airs it a lot of times, but. Uh, yeah, I didn't know he actually connected on some of them. There was a there was a clip once. It was when Shane McMahon, I think it was Shane McMahon was teaming with the Miz, and they were fighting against Sheamus and uh, Cesaro. Ah, uh, yeah. I, now I cannot guarantee that he did not do this on purpose or not, or I don't know, but like <laughs> Sheamus kicked him so hard in the head <laughs> on the replay, <laughs> you could actually see his like head bounce off his shoe, and it's like, did he? Is this revenge for all the times he's punched people in the face? Like, cause I mean, I hate to say it, Shane kind of deserved it. I, I mean, I probably gave him a concussion, but like, Jesus, get kick the shit out of him. Yeah, I mean, he's dealt with worse. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, ultimately, this is just a weird situation. I hope Shane is fine. Like, we never wish bad up on anyone, but I mean, I I'll be lying if I didn't say if I didn't say like to breathe a sigh of relief that we don't have to see him uh, for that, <laughs> for this wrestle this world to wrestlemania oh uh, yeah uh, make yeah make new ways for whoever's still left in the roster to be honest uh, also i just want to quickly comment on the ronda stuff because why not but like the way ronda kind of treats wrestling fans get the fuck over yourself. I don't know why she takes it really personally, how the fans treated her a few years ago. Basically like she, she basically ran through the roster and the, she basically started getting a bit of heat from the fans who started booing her because they were, she was beating a lot of the, uh, a lot of the cool heels that like the, the tweeners, the, the heels that a lot of people cheered for. And, you know, that's slow. It basically, she basically slowly turned into John Cena or, you know, Roman Reigns, whichever you want to, whichever one you want to uh, compare it to. But basically she slowly started to get heat. And I think it was Survivor Series. The crowd straight up booed her, even though she was a face. And she really took that personally. And it seems to have held a grudge against wrestling fans. And it's kind of manifested in her just, disrespecting wrestling fans and just like the promo she cut on raw I, I haven't watched smackdown yet but the promo she cut on raw where she just looks bored and doesn't want to be there it's like if you don't want to be there then don't be there it's like i get that you're a star but to a certain degree it, wwe is fine without you like if you don't want to be there it's okay just stay home 
Like these fans, like they, some, there's, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of fans who, who love seeing you back. I was actually happy to see you back, honestly. But like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna be like that, just go home. You got money. Like, just yeah. don't don't put us through this shit again. Yeah, I didn't hear about this. And it's it's not widely reported, but like, it's just it's just one of those things that bugs me. Like, you know, if, if you're going to, you know, like call wrestling fake on in like certain interviews and you're going to carry that attitude that you're like better than everyone. Sh- sure. You've got, you've kind of earned that role. You, you revolutionized women's MMA. You also got your ass whooped by Holly Holm and Amanda Nunes. And you cried yourself out of, out of the UFC because of that. You're not, you're not a g- very good, you're not very good at facing, facing, you know, your demons. I'll just say that. And it's just one of those things where, it's a yes it's fake and the fans are there are insufferable fans in wrestling but you don't got to treat us like that you don't got to treat like every one of us owes you something we don't and so if you don't you don't want it go home i don't care mm. but yeah. the, i'm not going to say the women's roster the women's roster was fine without you they weren't great they weren't doing great and you bring a lot to to the women's roster but leave your leave your leave your dipshit attitude at the door, man. Come on. Oh man. Well, luckily I don't watch that much WWE, I guess. That much or any. Or any. Actually, funny enough, I'm watching SmackDown right now. Is it? Uh, would you be watching if you weren't on this call with me? And why the fuck are you watching SmackDown when we're on this call? <laughs> I have no idea. It's it just all my what should I call it? It just came on and. I was just playing in the background. Okay. I see how it is. Okay. <laughs> well, well, anyways, uh, that's basically the end of uh, this episode. I didn't, I didn't expect a rant about this, but mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to say, say something, I guess, I don't, for whatever reason, you know, so this, this, uh, this podcast was started because I wanted to say things into a mic. So there you go. Okay. Anything, anything else you want to go over uh, before oh. we end this episode? What you recall it? Have you been keeping up on Peacemaker? I, I, I only I'm on the third episode. I just started the third episode. Mm. Uh, so spoiler words if you guys haven't watched Peacemaker, but since you watched Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad, what do you think of it so far? I mean, I like it. It's so the I mean, like I'm not gonna spoil anything for uh, Suicide Squad, but like you know, it's a bit jarring to watch how weirdly crude John Cena is. And like he he's a he's a goofy he's a goofy guy and mm-hmm. like he he's hilarious he's like goofy racist too like he's a very goofy character and I, I like it and you know it's just weird to see him that crude you know after seeing this many years of being corny cornball uh kids hero like mm-hmm. you know in the WWE oh yeah what do you think of the opening act or the opening intro or <laughs> Yeah, we talked about this like off air, but like basically, I was, it's just weird and jarring to see these characters who are, for the most part, serious. I think Harbaugh is, is the is the one of the woman's name. The hardcore. Hardcore, yeah, hardcore. Like her dancing, even though it's like she's like super serious and like you know super sassy in the show. Like it, it's a bit jarring to watch. I'll just say that about the opening. I gotta say, it's probably one of the best openings of the show I've ever seen. Really, like, I, I gotta say that. <laughs> Like it's so it's so goofy, so serious, and yeah, like you said, every character there 
as something serious going on with them besides, you know, of course, Peacemaker and uh, probably Vigilante and maybe a couple other guys. But it, it was just, oh my, I've never seen an intro like this before. And it's it's a mostly James Gunn kind of like style of an intro too. Yeah, I mean, a, I, I don't know how to judge intros. Like, I judge intros by, like, how good the song is. I don't think the song is, like, amazing. It's, I mean, it's okay. Like, and again, like, it's it's jarring is the word I like to say. It's just that the tone is a little bit weird, but I, I get I get why you like it. <laughs> I actually like that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm okay with it. I'm not going to judge anyone who likes it. Yeah. Hopefully you make it towards the end because there's only, like, two more episodes coming out till the end of the season yeah i'll try i'll try and catch it the only time i really catch it is when uh i'm riding my stationary bike at home so mm. yeah um you know maybe maybe like if i find the urge to work out more you'll probably see me watch more peacemaker and uh yeah another note i've been trying to watch succession i can't get into it i, I hate i hate I, i'm hate watching it right now like it's just it's a, the, the characters suck like I, I get that they're complex characters there, but none of them are relatable to me. None of them are anywhere likable. Some of the most dislike, some of the most unlikable characters I've ever seen on a show. And like, I don't get why people like it. Maybe, maybe that's a controversial opinion, uh, but somebody please explain to me what's so good about Succession. Mm, I, I can't say anything about it because I haven't even started or seen it. Yeah, I'm still trying to find a real person that watched it and, you know, likes it and explains to me why they like it. You probably should move on from that show to me. I kind of I kind of have. Like, I watched Peacemaker. It was so much more enjoyable to watch. <laughs> uh, yeah, you probably should also get, I don't know. Do you have Netflix? I don't have Netflix, no. Oh, well, one, of the, one of these days. When the Vince McMahon documentary comes out, I'll, I'll probably get it. Oh, yeah. I mean, Netflix, there's probably a bunch of series that you would be just breezing through. I don't know if I'll be breezing through just because it's a it's a bit of a chore for me to sit through, you know, like for a long to sit through like a show um, for a long period of time at once. Mm. Game of Thrones, I'll just say, like, was the exception. But granted, I had not watched many shows before that. Mm. Kind, of, kind of it's just slowly getting into shows right now so i see oh you wait you already finished game of thrones i forgot yeah well i guess uh when that time comes we'll be well me and you know our other friends will be recommending you shows and uh for those of you wondering uh for season eight of game of thrones the more i think about it the worse it becomes so there, there's that i was trying to reason uh, with myself that season eight wasn't that bad it, 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 it's pretty bad <laughs> so i'll just <laughs> the more i think about it the worse it gets so i'm just yeah well, that's where I, that's where i stand well at least you're not in denial of saying it was good it, yeah i was i was in a bit of denial at first like just wanted it to be on the opposite side but like, yeah the more you think about it the worse it's getting so there you go mm-hmm. oh all right, I guess that's pretty much all for the podcast. Unless you have any more else to say? Nope, that's it for me. I mean, rambled on for long enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, yep. Yeah, overall, it's it's unfortunate that we lost this game. And again, it's a reality check for where the Kings are, and we're just waiting for the trade deadline. See if any moves happen. Uh, news came out today. Apparently, 
James Harden is their nets are willing to have talks about James Harden now. Mm. Uh, that's interesting. I Honestly, that. sounds to me like Daryl Moore is just feeding more shit to people yeah. and just to say, Hey, uh, James Harden might be available. Hey, you might want to give us more stuff for Ben Simmons. <sighs> Well, hopefully this all comes to the end when the trade deadline comes around. So, yeah. Well, our next game, Kings, by the way, is going to be against OKC tomorrow, Saturday at 7 p.m. So, do you have pretty high hopes for this game? I don't want to say high hopes. I want to say we're going to win that game. I don't know. Like, OKC's frisky. They're a tough team. Like, I know they don't have a lot of talent, but like they play hard and you know you can never count them out and uh yeah there's a very good chance we could win this talk about a 50 50 game i don't know which way to go i'm gonna say we win i would not be surprised if we lost i would say that no it's it's actually at golden one tomorrow it is at golden one yeah Mm. Uh, do we want to (laughs) go no i don't want to buy tickets for that game right now no it's probably pretty cheap to be honest but yeah well I guess uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow then, huh? Yeah. um, Yeah. Stay tuned, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. uh, We'll hope for a win. Oh, yeah. But hope is a strong word. Tread carefully, Kings fans. Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you guys for sticking with us all the way to the end here. Uh, We'll be coming back to you hopefully after the OKC game or maybe the morning of or the morning after. I mean, probably Sunday. All right. Well, we'll see you guys later.